It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. Welcome to Nature Focus, Selena Fox, brought to us every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern here on the Pagans Tonight Radio Network. Nature Focus, Selena Fox, is a production of Circle Sanctuary's radio ministry program. Tonight's program is a rebroadcast of an earlier episode of Circle Craft Studies from 2013, where Selena discussed ways of creating and experiencing personal and community ceremonies and meditations of gratitude. Powers of Thanksgiving. And after the program, please stay tuned for the other Circle Sanctuary radio ministry program, Circle Talk. This is Selena Fox, and tonight we are going to explore the powers of thanksgiving. We begin tonight with a meditation on thanksgiving. And I invite you, wherever you might be, to find a comfortable place to sit and to center yourselves for a few moments. And now focus for the next few moments of quiet on the word gratitude. 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 And now call to mind three things that you are thankful for, that you have encountered today. And as you call to mind each thing, Silently give thanks. I give thanks. I give thanks. I give thanks. And now I invite you to take a few moments and connect with the divine as you know the divine in your own tradition. Divine as many, divine as one. Divine as any, divine as none. Connect with the divine according to your own tradition and express thanks for your connection with the divine, 
for the form of spirituality that you practice, for the divine being part of your life. And now I invite you to join me in a thanksgiving casting of the sacred circle in the circle craft tradition. We call to the powers of north and earth. We honor and thank the sacred earth as rocks and soil We call to the powers of air and east and honor and give thanks for the air that we breathe and the air that is around us. We call to the powers of south and fire We honor and give thanks for sources of energy in flame and fire and lightning flash and electricity. We call to the powers of west and water. We honor and give thanks to the waters, the waters within our own bodies, the waters in the environment, dew and mist, precipitation, springs and wells, rivers and streams, ponds and lakes, seas and ocean waterfalls and fountains, water in many forms that nurtures life. We call to the powers of center and of spirit. We honor and give thanks for the divine that's within us and around us the divine that is one, the divine goddess and God and their unity, the divine of past, present, future, the eternal now. Giving thanks for life in this incarnation and being part of the greater circle of nature. In this world and beyond, in this sacred circle, we call the spirit of thankfulness, of gratitude, of thanksgiving, 
be with us now as we explore the powers of thanksgiving. Be with us in the times to come as we go into Thanksgiving celebrations. Be with us in day-to-day life throughout the year. So mote it be. Powers of Thanksgiving is part of our exploration of spiritual skills development. In fact, giving, gratitude, thankfulness has been important since the most ancient of times. From the ancient pagan past, we have Aesop of Aesop's fables who said, gratitude is the sign of noble souls. And amongst the ancient pagan Romans, we have Cicero. Gratitude is not only the greatest of the virtues, but the parent of all others. Gratitude is an important part of pagan practice today, just as it was in ancient times. Gratitude is a feeling. It's an attitude. It's a state of appreciation of what one's experienced, of what one has. And when it's expressed, it is thanksgiving. Why is gratitude to be valued? And do we have gratitude just hardwired within us? Or is it something that we cultivate? Gratitude can be cultivated within ourselves. And in so doing, it not only helps us grow spiritually, but it helps us in many ways. Gratitude is an important part of our psyche. And when we cultivate gratitude on an ongoing basis, not only daily, but multiple times as we go about day-to-day life, it helps us have a framework of appreciation. It helps us sort through what's really important in life and to bring to the forefront what we have, what we've experienced. It can bring us a type of peace in the here and now. And It is something that is part of a field of wellness known as positive psychology. 
by cultivating a gratitude attitude, by paying attention for what you're grateful for and going the next step of expressing that appreciation. You enhance your well-being, you increase your resiliency, it enhances happiness, it strengthens connections with others that we express appreciation to. So there are many good reasons for cultivating a gratitude attitude. And besides it being beneficial for ourselves, physically, mentally, emotionally, energetically, socially, spiritually, when we express appreciation, that can be a real blessing for others. In the next part of our evening, I would like to share with you some ways of creating personal and group Thanksgiving ceremonies. Some can be very simple, some more elaborate. And in sharing these, it is my hope that you will find some things that you can add to your own life's journey and daily practice. The first approach is what we started our evening together with, is a simple meditation on gratitude. Being centered, letting the word gratitude be the focus of your attention and being with that and letting gratitude rise up in you symbolically as well as energetically. A simple practice of sitting, standing, or if you prefer, laying down in a comfortable position and focusing on gratitude, the concept, the quality, the feeling. For one or two minutes is all you really need to do that. It gives your awareness that focus. You give it a full attention. So a real basic gratitude practice is to just focus on the word gratitude and to use that to summon up within you gratitude resonance. A second ceremony to do with gratitude is to call to mind some aspect that you have gratitude for. Something that I do every day as part of my 
morning spiritual practice, I do a greet the day ceremony. I go out to the front of my home, raise my arms up to the day. I'm under a covered porch, so I get to experience the climate without necessarily, um, if it's precipitating, having that direct experience in that way. But I will give thanks for the day. I greet the day with thanksgiving. And then I do a simple facing each of the directions, honoring and attuning to each of the directions and associated spiritual qualities. The very act of starting a greet the day ceremony with an appreciation for the day puts a kind of filter and framework for the day that allows the possibility of that day to go well. Another practice is to give thanks for the day when it's done as you are going to sleep, calling to mind some things that you are happy for, that you appreciate. So in doing the day's review, you don't have to go through every single thing that happened. Just simply call to mind three things, or it could be more if you prefer, that you really are appreciative of, of having happened. Another focus for gratitude is to express gratitude to the divine as you know it. Again, we started this evening with that. If you have a particular form of the goddess and or God, nature spirits, ancestors, spiritual guides, a pantheon of sacred forces that you work with, or some universal force such as divine love, attune to it and then move into a gratefulness expression. And this can happen in a variety of different ways. You can simply do this within your mind, or what some people like to do when they're doing a devotional in connection with a daily practice is to not only express gratitude to the divine, but to do some kind of work with a ceremonial tool or tools. This can be lighting candles, lighting incense, pouring water into a libation bowl, um, doing an offering of herbs or some other biodegradable um, substance that you would put outside or on an offering platter. An idea of expressing thanksgiving not only in thoughts but verbalizing it and having a symbol. In addition to these forms of gratitude, something that is very commonplace across many societies and people of many different spiritual traditions is the idea of pausing before one consumes a meal and to either audibly or silently 
express thanks for the food and or beverages that one would be consuming. Giving thanks to the divine as creator, giving thanks to the plants, um, the creatures if one um, is an omnivore, giving thanks to whoever had a hand in preparing and bringing the food and the drink to you, if that's the situation. So a multiple blessing, or sometimes it's called grace, and it it's a prayer of thanksgiving that's done before a meal or before consuming food or beverage. A version of this is sometimes done in some pagan circles where a drinking horn with mead or cider or it may be water or some other beverage is passed around the circle as its own kind of ritual or it's done as part of a larger ritual. It could be a drinking horn, it could be a bowl, it could be a chalice. And as it goes around, each person does a toast and expresses a thanksgiving to someone, something, often will pour a bit of the beverage on the ground as an offering and then drink it. So the idea of toasting and expressing thanks in a ritual context is something quite ancient and that continues to happen today. Some additional ceremonies have to do with the sharing of gratitude, the expressing of it with others. And one thing that you might find to be a fun thing to do, especially if you like taking photographs, is as you're going about your day, if you see something that really enthralls you, delights you, to take a picture of that and then show it to others. You can physically show it in this digital age by people looking at the image right in your camera, or you might put it to a social media site. But the idea of sharing something that has been a delight to you and that you appreciate with others can be a really simple but powerful ceremony. The act of saying thank you to others, something that I learned early on in this life and that generations of people have been practicing and also teaching upcoming generations the please and thank you as being important words to have as one interacts with the life journey and with others on that. To remember to give thanks to people who have helped you to actually express that thanks. Simple ritual, but something that not only can be beneficial for yourself, but will also uh, help someone else and by giving the act of thanksgiving. In addition to verbally mouthing the words, a thank you is to also have your non-verbals be congruent. Because otherwise, if it's just an automatic thanks, it doesn't have the kind of depth 
as when you give it more your attention and your nonverbals are complementing what you are verbally saying. Another ceremony and spiritual practice is that of keeping a journal. You could call it the appreciation journal or the gratitude journal. And every day to write at least three things in your journal that you're thankful for. It's a way of giving physical form and a reminder to what you are thankful for. When I do harvesting of herbs in my garden, I have a Thanksgiving ritual that is part of that. Before I start harvesting, I go to the particular plant that I'll be harvesting, and there's generally a multitude of the plants. I go to one of the largest and the healthiest of the individual plants in the grouping. I connect with it. I honor it. I silently invite guidance about when and how much to harvest and if to harvest. If I get a sense, yes, proceed, then I will do the harvest, and then at the very end, I give some kind of a thanksgiving. Often it's verbally. Sometimes it's verbally and also pouring some water as a form of nurturance to not only the individual plants, but the plant species as a whole, the spirit of the plant. Sometimes I will put some kind of physical object in the garden as a symbol, as a token of thanksgiving. This is my own form of um, sacred harvest, and it's something that is done in various ways by people across cultures and through the ages, and by in enacting Thanksgiving rituals as part of work with plants, it not only completes the cycle of receiving by doing a giving of thanks, but many say that having that as part of the practice enhances plant quality and plant growth, as well as has a really positive framework for having those plants be part of your life, whether you're harvesting them to use for um, some kind of tea or for cooking or for decorating the home in some way. What I'd like to do in the next few moments is share with you a chant that I wrote for our celebration of fall equinox which I also call the Pagan Thanksgiving. It's the time of harvest and great abundance. The American Thanksgiving holiday, which occurs on the fourth Thursday of November, blends together ancient Native American traditions of Thanksgiving with European traditions of Thanksgiving and harvest, in particular the harvest home of old Europe. 
And before the pilgrims did the Thanksgiving with the Wapanoag in Massachusetts, there were other Thanksgiving ceremonies and feasts and celebrations that were going on in America. And certainly, myself being part Native American, I have some mixed attitudes towards Thanksgiving, the American holiday, and see that Thanksgiving, the American holiday, is an opportunity to really talk about culture, coming together and looking at positive things that can happen when different peoples come together. It's also a time for teaching about the importance of giving thanks for bounty and being able to share that with others. But it's also a time to really look at how we can move forward from some encounters that haven't always been positive when people of different beliefs and different races and different traditions interact. Um, Having Thanksgiving as an American holiday is an opportunity to celebrate cultural and religious and um, lifestyle diversity, and it is my hope that as that holiday evolves in our culture, those of you in America who are listening, um, that it will be a positive thing. And yes, there's Thanksgiving in different places around the world. So while I wrote this chant originally for our fall equinox celebrations in September, it also can work for American Thanksgiving, and indeed, Thanksgiving at any time through the year. We give thanks for the harvest. We give thanks for abundance. We give thanks for the blessings in our lives through the year. It has a melody, and it goes like this. We give thanks for the harvest. We give thanks for abundance. We give thanks for the blessings in our lives through the year. We give thanks for the harvest. We give thanks for abundance. We give thanks for the blessings in our lives through the years. We give thanks for the harvest. We give thanks for abundance. We give thanks for the blessings in our lives through the year. And in so doing that chant, we not only are expressing that thanksgiving, but we can call to mind symbols of the harvest, experiences of the harvest, experiences of prosperity and abundance, no matter what our economic state may be, to really look at things that we have and to be thankful for what we have. And blessings in our lives. For that's a kind of harvest we have as well. One of the things that we do 
as part of our fall equinox harvest Thanksgiving celebration is for every person to bring a symbol of the harvest. It can be something that has come from the garden or the field or the farmer's market or the local grocery, nuts, fruits, vegetables, some something that's produce. And we face each of the sacred directions with our offerings. And we call to mind a blessing of physical well-being in the north, a blessing of mental well-being in the east, a blessing of behavioral well-being in the south, a blessing of emotional well-being in the west, and in the center, a blessing of spiritual well-being. And we do a short meditation as we face each direction and silently give thanks for those five aspects of thanksgiving. And then we do the chant and take the symbol of the harvest and put it in a huge cornucopia, which is an ancient pagan symbol of plenty. And in so doing, as we all put our offerings of thanksgiving together, we not only create a beautiful altarpiece, but at the end of the ceremony, we take those symbols of harvest and bounty and we put them in a natural place. We empty out the cornucopia and let them go back to nature as a symbol of our thanksgiving to the divine, to our thanksgiving to the elemental forces that are part of the growth of crops that nurture us. What I'd like to do now is a form of that type of meditation, only one that's a bit more um, complicated because it has more parts. So in the next few moments, find a comfortable place to be as we do a Thanksgiving meditation. We begin by calling to mind gratitude. And we call to mind one or more forms of the divine that we wish to give thanks to in this ceremonial meditation. Let us also give thanks to this community of thanksgiving, of us doing this meditation together. And now we call to mind thanksgivings connected with the element earth and the physical realm. Call to mind at least one thing having to do with your physical body that you are thankful for. 
Now call to mind something about your home, your dwelling place that you are thankful for. Call to mind an object that you possess that you appreciate and are thankful for. And call to mind the neighborhood where you dwell and something about that neighborhood that you are thankful for. We give thanks for the blessings of earth. We give thanks for the blessings of earth. We give thanks for the blessings of earth. We now connect with blessings of air and call to mind Something that you have learned that you are thankful for. Call to mind a teacher, past or present, that you are thankful for. Call to mind something about your intellect that you are thankful for, your ability to think, your thinking self. Call to mind something that you have read recently that enriched you that brought you knowledge, understanding, that brightened your world that you're thankful for. We give thanks for the blessings of air. We give thanks for the blessings of air. We give thanks for the blessings of air. And now as we tune to the blessings of fire, we call to mind something that we've done today that we are thankful for. We call to mind something about our work life that we are thankful for. We call to mind something fun that we've done recently that we are thankful for.
we call to mind some accomplishment in our life that we are thankful for. We give thanks for the blessings of fire. We give thanks for the blessings of fire. We give thanks for the blessings of fire. And we call to mind now some blessings of water, the water realm in our life, that having to do with emotions and relationships and connections. We call to mind some aspect of our emotional life that we are thankful for. We call to mind someone that's a loved one that is living, that we are thankful for being part of our life. We call to mind some creature that we are thankful for, be it a creature in our household or a creature that we find inspirational, that we like to connect with in our imagination and our reality. We call forth a creature that we are thankful for. And we call forth a community, a group that we have some connection with that we are thankful for. We give thanks for the blessings of water. We give thanks for the blessings of water. We give thanks for the blessings of water. And finally, we connect with blessings of spirit, the spiritual life, spiritual practices, spiritual connections. We call to mind some spiritual experience that we have had that we are thankful for. We call to mind a spiritual concept that we are thankful for. We call to mind some aspect spiritual gift that we have experienced, connected with, that we are thankful for. We call to mind a 
an encounter with the divine that we are thankful for. We give thanks for the blessings of spirit. We give thanks for the blessings of spirit. We give thanks for the blessings of spirit. And in the sacred circle of the five elements of nature, the five dimensions of life, we give thanks for wellness, for the sacred circle that's within us and around us. And we give thanks for each other, all of us doing this meditation now, and those who will be doing this meditation across time and space at a later time. In closing, I'd like to share a few other types of ways of giving thanks and weaving this into one's life. Every month at Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve, we have our full moon circle. And we all gather together at the beginning of the evening, usually in our temple room, we'll spend some time there. And part of the evening, we go outside under the moon. And generally at the end of the evening, we are back indoors. And we have each of us a candle that's lit around our circular altar. And as we conclude the evening, we each take up our candles. We speak our name and something that we take from the evening into ourselves, into our lives. And we give thanks for that. And as we go around the circle and each express is that what we're taking and what we're giving thanks for, we create a gratitude circle. And then we conclude by giving thanks to the divine forces which we have called upon and have connected with. And we give thanks for community. Another thing that can be done is also involving a group ceremony is to have a group spirit object. It could be a crystal. It could be a flower, it could be a talking stick or a rattle or a bowl, some object that's passed around the circle and each person has an opportunity to express a thanksgiving for the group or the group experience. So a similar fashion, only in this case you have a ritual object that is the conveyor of the thanksgiving. Sometimes when someone is going to be leaving a group that has been 
or a group that's been meeting regularly over a period of time, an object is passed around the circle and each person thanks the person by energizing the object with that thanksgiving of what they have appreciated about that relationship. And then after going full circle, the object is energized by the group as a whole and given to the person who will be leaving the group, moving away or departing for some other reason as an expression of that thanksgiving. And that can be a very powerful um, means of giving thanks. A simple writing a thank you note is something that has been done over generations and in many different ways. So today we have more ways of doing the thank you note. Thank you note not only can be expressed verbally, but it can be sent in an email or a handwritten note. It can be put in a letter. It can be text. You can use a message on social media. You can tweet a thanks. Having some type of um, verbalized in writing form or um, by calling up someone and giving thanks, that kind of noting thanks is a wonderful tradition. Doing thank you cards after one has received gifts, that can be a powerful thing. Giving physical gifts as an expression of thanks. Giving hugs. Um, there's many different forms of expression for thanksgiving. But I think the most important thing is to have the gratitude deep with inside and then to make sure that it's also expressed. I want to thank everyone who has tuned in tonight and been in our chat room. And I'm thankful for the Pagans Tonight Radio Network for your support of this show as well as Circle Sanctuary's other show, which is Wednesday night. Um, Pagan Warrior Radio, I want to give thanks to all of you who are um, working within the circle craft tradition, whether it's to explore it, whether it's the um, daily practice of it, and want to thank everyone for feedback. And I see that thank yous are happening in live chat so I want to thank everybody in the chat room and everybody that has tuned in tonight. And I want to thank David and Jeanette Ewing, who have been assisting me with this show um, for quite some time since it started back in March a year ago. And welcome into the conversation in this last part of our evening. Good evening. Happy Thanksgiving. Good evening to you, and happy Thanksgiving as well. And, yeah, we have a, a number of people um, who have listened in and um, <clears throat> some who've, um, you know, made a variety of comments over the hour. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, as we uh, – it, it's been – it's an interesting uh, show that you did – because I think 
people get caught up in the mechanics of the holiday and forget to think about being grateful and having just gratitude for what they do have. So I think this is a very timely show. Oh, well, and knowing that this was happening right before Thanksgiving, it seemed it would be good to um, put some thanks out there as a kind of spiritual practice. I do think there is some automatic appreciation that just happens in the course of living, but gratitude, attitude is something that we can cultivate and really have be even more present in our lives. Uh, Many of us know of the analogy of the glass that is filled with water at the halfway point. Is it half empty or half full? Well, a gratitude attitude is going to say it is half full and really appreciate what is there. And in looking at appreciating what we have, it doesn't mean we can't be open to growth and change and having other things come to us, but really making it a regular practice to be thankful for just how we are, how we are with others, what we've experienced, what we have, and being in a altered state of gratitude all the time can really change our attitude in terms of dealing with day-to-day stresses. When I worked at a private clinic as part of my supervised training in psychotherapy back um, 20-some years ago, I had clients that came to the clinic that had particular problems they were working on. That's pretty standard psychotherapy, and I helped them with that. But I also had clients that came to me that wanted to enhance the well-being of their lives. The psychiatrist that ran the clinic always found that quite puzzling, that people that were well came to do work with me to get more well. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all, and I really think a gratitude attitude is a way to enhance our well-being no matter what might be going on with us physically or economically, socially, politically, any of those other kinds of things, and to actually have that enthusiasm for life and to genuinely from a deep place express appreciation not only to other humans and to the divine but to plants and creatures and places and just a whole host of things um, is a, a wonderful thing and I see that Rev. Azrael said Um, Is it half empty or half full? I drank the water. Well, that's a real good way to kind of look at it. And may it be like a cornucopia, um, never um, emptying, always refilling. And that can be, you know, having humor is a really important thing as part of life as well. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And next week, we start the series of Yuletide shows. So I'll be doing a variety of different programs in December, including a Christmas Eve or 
Mother's Night, depending on your tradition, show on December 24th, as well as a New Year's Eve show on the 31st of December. So we're going to be having five weeks of Yuletide cheer, and I invite you all to join me here. And that was an encore edition of Circle Craft Studies with Selena Fox. We would like to take this opportunity to thank our friends at the Witches School International for the Pagan Tonight Radio Network and allowing us this chance to reach the community. And now we will transition with Lady Moon by Kaliana, followed by Circle Talk, a live edition of Circle Talk coming up next. So stay tuned.
Welcome to Circle Talk Radio, a production of Circle Sanctuary's Radio Ministries program. Join us here every Tuesday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern, following the Nature Folk program with the Reverend Selena Fox, as we discuss various topics of interest to the pagan community. Circle Talk Radio is hosted on alternating weeks by Circle Sanctuary Ministers Jeanette and David Ewing and Circle Minister Deborah Rose. And before we begin, we would like to express our thanks to the Witches School International and the Pagan Sunnet Radio Network for allowing us this opportunity to reach the community. For more information about Witches School, please visit them on the web at www.witchschool.com. And for more information about Circle Sanctuary, please visit us on the web at www.circlesanctuary.org. Hello. Good evening. I'll get that out. <clears throat> so... It's another night, uh, November 27th, 2018, and it's Circle Talk time. So we got David Ewing here and Jeanette Ewing. Hello. Hello. And we are live tonight with uh, a chilly night here in the Northeast, in the Midwest, in the mid, what are we, Mid-Atlantic? Mid-Atlantic. Yeah, Mid-Atlantic. We're in the Mid-Atlantic, not in the Midwest. Yes, there's an ocean here. Right, the Atlantic, <clears throat> in the middle of the, yeah, okay, so, yeah, it's kind of chilly out tonight, uh, it was a good hot soup night for dinner, um, but that's kind of how the holiday is, we've already had snow here once, which is weird. Yes, and there were places, probably, it, well, in our greater metro area that had over four inches just a couple of weeks ago, which is highly unusual.
for this area at this time of year. We rarely get snow before Christmas, and we certainly don't get any in November. So it's it was a little weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but we're here tonight, and um, let's see, I think we want to send some wishes out to some circle ministers who are, there are a variety of circle ministers who are doing some, having some health stuff going on right now, and I don't think we're public about names and stuff, but if you, uh, if you happen to know or are in tune with the, the, the circle ministers who are, um, Experiencing hospital visits at this time, we're sending some healing and, and healing energies and prayers to them. Um, what you got there? Oh, magical household. So we have a book. She's got a book in her hands. Um, so we're going to talk about the dark time of the year, things you can do during this time of the year, um, some introspective work you can do, and we're going to talk about um, grounding, centering, protection work uh, during this, for many of us, a fairly turbulent political time, um, ways to sort of guard yourself against some of the stuff that's going around so that you can um, get through the day without, I don't know, curling up in a ball and crying about it, because that's kind of how some of us feel like doing sometimes. uh, crawling under the covers and not getting out of bed until spring. Yeah. Or unless you absolutely have to. Uh, We know right now this is a time where even with the last elections, the rancor and animosity Mm -hmm. between people is high. We know a lot of people that have turbulent issues or relationships yep. with people who do not believe as they do. And even now in our country, we know that the administration is vehemently against climate change, um, <clears throat> does not support the rights of people of color, mm-hmm. does not support immigrants' rights, definitely does not support LGBT rights. Yeah. And here within the pagan community, as a minority religion, there are many of us a significant percentage of us who believe that those groups of people should have the same rights as everyone else. We have this funny way of um, viewing the world such that we actually believe it's important to save the planet that you're living on. You know, maybe like a crazy concept. You know, it's it's the only ride we have through space right now, so we should probably take care of that ride. among other things. Yeah. 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 And so hopefully you have had a reasonable reasonably stress-free or at least um not as stressful Thanksgiving 
but this week we are between Thanksgiving and the Christmas holiday season, and even now I'm sure you see anywhere you go uh, stores that already have their Christmas decorations and their Christmas items out. Um, My inbox is loaded with all sorts of ads from all Buy something from us. Buy something from us. We have great deals. Buy something yeah, from us. Yeah, and that's... 50% off. Free <sighs> shipping, 35% off. Buy one, get one free. It's all... Oh, and they're more place. insidious now. So I was on a website uh, earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday, because I, I did wanted to see what kind of Cyber Monday deals they may have had. Um, and for Christmas gifts, Yuletide gifts, and... So I get off of there, and a little while later, I saw an ad, uh, an email from that company <laughs> saying, "Hey, come back, and um, we'll give you an extra ten percent off, or whatever it was." Right. Yes. I've gotten those too. It's like you go to a website and you look at something, and you you, you leave the site, and you get some sort of email or a message or something like, "Hey, we we noticed you left. You should come back and check this deal out." Like, dude, get off of my back. Leave me alone. Yeah. So, there's a lot of stress out there right now. A lot of stress between families. There is just, again, out there right now, I'm sure you know people, or you yourself, are dealing with situations where you're you're having to deal with a lot of that. And we've done this show before. The last time was quite a while back, and we thought it might be a good idea to revisit this, especially at this particular time when there's so much rancor and negativity going around. So... And I know that people um, who people have been practicing for years, mm-hmm. they may or may not always remember to go through basic grounding or shielding. And if you are new to any sort of pagan, Wiccan, witchcraft type path, you may have read about grounding and shielding, but you're not quite sure what it is. And simply put, this is an energetic practice where you are working to push or move often through breath, stress, negativity, You're moving it out of the body. There's a few different ways that people do this. Mm -hmm. One of the easier ways is with a visualization of you, the person, growing roots through your feet and pushing this energy, and you can visualize it any particular way, down out of your body and through the floors of your house and into the ground. 
and there are some adaptations you can also do from that. So what we're going to do is we're going to start by doing some basic grounding. So if you want to start by taking a deep breath in, and then exhale, and exhale slowly, and as you exhale slowly, you're going to visualize the stress in parts of your body, leaving your head and then your arms and shoulders, moving through your torso, down your legs, and out through your feet. So let's do, oh, and, and how are we supposed to breathe, David? It's like, is it in through the nose and out through the mouth? Yep, in through your nose, you breathe. Deep breath in through your nose, and then you exhale it out through your mouth. And you usually make a sound like shh, because it helps you visualize the energy of the stress and everything just leaving your body as it, as it leaves out. And as you breathe in, you take a deep cleansing breath in, and you hold it for a second, and then you, as you breathe out, you just visualize this, your breath carrying the negativity out of your body and exhaling it out. And as you do that also, you, you can also envision that negativity pushing it down through your feet, through the roots, into the earth and grounding out through the earth that way. So there's a couple of things you could visualize while you're doing that. Either you visualize the negativity leaving when you breathe out, or as you breathe out, you are pushing it down into the earth. You know, so there's, um, you know, they, usually you start with you know, sitting still, taking deep breaths, and then as you're doing this, you you're relaxing different parts of your body, starting at your head, and your forehead. I mean, how many of us, if you think think about your forehead and how much stress and tension you carry just in your forehead, um, just relax it and just think. You know, it takes some concentration sometimes to relax starting at your forehead and then you work it down through your neck and your throat and your shoulders and your arms and then down your chest, and you just keep relaxing these parts of the body. And you go through it fairly slowly. You focus on each area as you go through your your chest, your abdomen, solar plexus, and your hips. And you relax your legs, and your feet, your toes, fingers. And as you breathe in and breathe out, you just relax these different parts. You just work your way down. And this can take a few minutes to do, and longer depending on your day. So just let it go out. And, and this is the thing you can do any time when you feel stressed about just stuff going on. You know, you've had a tense conversation with somebody at work, or you saw something on oh, social media. Oh, my God. You saw something on social media that just spun you up, and that's so easy to do today. So... Turn off the computer, close the lid, close, turn off the monitor, turn away, and maybe just go back to your, your screensaver, your desktop, which usually are, we, are, we have an image on our computer that has something more relaxing and something we like to look at. So just clear your screen and look at something nice.
and relax yourself. This is a good thing you can do anytime during the day. And that's kind of the thing where this is, is like grounding and centering is stuff that you can do anytime and maybe multiple times a day depending on your day. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so, you know, that's sort of a process of, of just, and that's just relaxing. I haven't really gotten to grounding and centering yet. That's just relaxing yourself to be open to start doing that grounding work and centering stuff. Right. Yeah. So with grounding, you're going to visualize energy leaving your body and moving out through your feet. And with this visualization, you will visualize roots forming from the bottom of your feet and pushing their way through the the layers of wood and stone and whatever else your house is made of until they make it to the ground and then you further visualize another deep breath those roots reaching down through the soil. And you can visualize that energy maybe as a dark color, black or gray or something of that nature. And you visualize it leaving your body and moving into the ground so that that energy can be transformed and renewed by the earth. What a lot of people do is while they are grounding and concentrating on having this energy leave, they also concentrate on bringing in some sort of energy Again, you can visualize whatever color you associate that with the earth, maybe if it's Mother Earth, maybe a silvery color or what have you, moving up through the roots like water and minerals, move up through the roots of plants, up through your legs, and with each breath, You're going to further bring up that energy through your solar plexus into your heart and shoulders, arms, and then up and out through your crown. One thing you can also do for grounding is to use stones and herbs or resins to help with grounding, I will say that for grounding for myself personally and others 
that I know using stones tends to work a little bit better. There are specific stones that are good at absorbing negative energy, and in particular there are stones that are good for grounding. Some of those, <clears throat> one of the top stones on that list would be hematite. Yep. It is an is a stone that is heavy in iron. It is very dense. You can find it in just about any pagan or New Age store, any metaphysical store, and holding this and while with the, the tree method, you are focusing on pushing that energy out, well, with using stones of a particular type, you are pushing that energy into the stone. And many of the stones that are good for this type of activity also happen to be stones that can be cleansed. So they can be cleansed in salt water. You put salt in water and you set the stones in overnight and that helps to cleanse them. You can also cleanse them under the light of a full moon. Conversely, you can also uh, cleanse stones by setting them out in full sunlight. Although at this time of the year, using the other two methods might work a little better. So, because in, if you live in North America, not as much sunlight. The sunlight is not very intense. It's not very bright. It's not out from that many hours of the day. Yep. So, hematite definitely at the top of that list. Three other stones that tend to work well for that are smoky quartz. Or maybe four other. Uh, let's see, smoky quartz, onyx. This is black onyx. Obsidian and black tourmaline. So not only are these stones good for grounding, but specifically these stones are also good for absorbing negative energy, which would include the stress that you carry around with you during the course of the day. It doesn't have to be an exceptionally large stone. It can be something no more than maybe a half inch to an inch in diameter. It can be something you can carry in your pocket or carry in your purse. There are simple stone amulets that can be put in a little cage or you often see them wrapped with wires, so you can just make a simple pendant out of it. But the key is using that stone by holding that stone in your in your hand and with breath. Pushing that, that negative energy 
out of your body and into, through your arm, into the hand that's holding it, and then into the stone. So stones can definitely be a big help with grounding. The next thing I want to talk about is shielding. I know plenty of people who've been magical practitioners for quite a few years that do not always shield. There are times in our lives where we're so busy that we don't remember that it's probably a good idea to do this type of active visualization-based magical work to keep harmful, stressful energy at bay. And there are a number of ways to do this. There are a number of different visualizations. I'm going to start with something relatively simple and then give you some examples of other things that you can work on doing. One of the easiest that many people do is they they visualize the shield as a type of bubble. And this bubble can be any number. You can visualize any sort of translucent type of color that you might be associating peace or tranquility or something that represents or happiness, something that represents keeping that harmful energy at bay, but also allowing positive energy to pass through. So it can be a bubble. The bubble can make sure the bubble is above and below you and around you. And then again with breath and thought, you're going to visualize this bubble being maybe only six inches around your body, maybe a foot around your body. If you are someone who is um, a person that has a longer commute, You may also want to include your vehicle in that. So you visualize this bubble. You may or may not want to include maybe a little mantra, something that you say. I charge this bubble with the power to keep out stressful energy, harmful energy, and allow welcome, welcoming, warming, loving energy to pass through. Something as simple as that. 
then the question always comes, well, how do you keep it with you all the time? How do you how do you remember to do it? And there are things that you can do to help you. One of the things that Chris Pinzak, Christopher Pinzak, talks about in his book on, what's it called? Is it The Witch's Shield? Yeah. Is that the name of it? Yeah. The Witch's Shield. He wrote it quite a few years back. And <clears throat> this was one of the earlier books he wrote before the Temple of Witchcraft, Witchcraft series, yeah. which are very popular. And I think this is talked about in at least um, one or more than one of the books. He talks about um, creating a magical mindset where you set up ahead of time some sort of trigger. Uh, For example, um, maybe pressing your... Your index finger. Yeah, your index finger and thumb together. Or like uh, what I like to do, it's my index, middle finger... And some I press together, so it's a little little group of three. And when I do that, then I remember, and I've it's a, a type of pre-programming, so that you're programming your mind to, okay, you're doing this thing, you're putting up your shield. Yep, called it a trigger. Yeah, a trigger. He calls it a trigger. It's a yeah. good trigger, yeah. not a bad trigger. Um, so whatever way you decide to come up with for creating a shield, that's how you do it. So you, when you do it the first time and you're you're sitting in a quiet space for at least a few minutes, 5, 10, 15 minutes, and you're focusing on nothing but that shield, then you'll create your trigger, and you'll say something, you know, my shield of protection or whatever you're going to say as your your mantra to, to charge it. Then you create your trigger. It can be um, any number of different things that you do for your trigger. You can uh, you can press your touch your finger to your nose. You can. Tug your earlobe. Tug your earlobe. Or make a gesture, a hand gesture or something, too. Right. You know, uh, some sort of um, how you would, like, wave things away or something, where you would just toss something away or raise a hand or do something. It can be a large gesture, or the idea is for it to be something small and minor that people wouldn't notice, that people would not as easily notice, you know, if if you were in a crowd. That's why, like... um, a finger, you know, do something with your fingers or something is is, is nice because it's something that's it's innocuous, it's it's not easily seen. Or you know, tug your ear, um, you know, something um, like that that just reminds you that okay, now I'm 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 raising my shields, I'm I'm shielding up so that I can just get avoid the whatever crud is going around energy wise. Right. Uh, So here are some examples of other ways you can visualize shields. Um, 
it was an article I read quite a few years back on shielding and it involved using or visualizing a rose bush, this giant rose bush growing oh, up I remember that book. and around and even, you know, the, the roots are below your feet and it's covering you entirely and you feel safe and protected and roses have thorns. But roses are beautiful to look at. So on the one hand, while you are keeping harm from you and negative energy from you, uh, the thing that you are projecting in the red, the red rose or maybe pink roses is love or peace or some sort of positive emotion that you are projecting outward, uh, you might be getting stress and negativity and other sorts of harmful energy directed at you, but you yourself are not going to project that back outward because you're not going to perpetuate that. So that is one example. I've always kind of liked that personally. Um, you can also have shields that are elementally based, like a rock shield wall or something made of earth or, you know, soil, um, or a fire-based shield where the negative, the negativity and harm is being burned away, or a water-based shield where the water um, reflects back. Either reflects back, especially if it was ice. Right. Um, and with water, too, you can imagine the negativity um, coming at you, meeting the water, and just washing down to the earth. You know, as right. the water just washes, it runs it down. To the and end, dissolves away. Down. Yeah. Um, in Options. Yeah, in Pindak's Witch's Shield book, he uses the example of diamonds. Yeah. So it's diamonds all on the outside, and so it's really hard and impenetrable. And also, it's reflective. Mm-hmm. I've also heard people... Uh, create shields out of mirrors. So, again, this is all visualization that you can maybe experiment or work on, or if you haven't done it in a long time, maybe think about what is uh, what, uh, what elemental forces of nature mm-hmm. you are more drawn to, and I would think that a that, uh, shield made out of that might be a good place to start, or something to go back to if you haven't done it in a while. Yep. Hmm. Oh. Um, other things that you can do during this time of the year. Cleansing and protection. I'll talk about protection a little bit first just because it can be, on a simplistic scale, it can be easier to do. 
on, along the lines of doing grounding work or having stones that are grounding in nature, many of the stones that are also grounding in nature, in addition to other stones, have a protective quality. They are not always black in color. Some of these stones are fiery oranges and reds in color. There are some stones that have protective qualities that are not um, elementally fire-related. Right, like, um, hold on, I'm kind of blanking out everything. I'm amethyst. Yeah, amethyst. I was thinking citrine. I was thinking, okay, that's fire-related. Um, yeah, but there are some that are not fire-related. So, um, but there's a whole series, all, there's a whole collection of stones that are protection-related. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely those are good for keeping, uh, keeping you protected. Mm-hmm. A simple protection spell can be as simple as lighting a white candle, charging it with your energy, saying your intent, protect me and all of those who live in this house. That's all you got to say. That's all you have to say. You can use tea lights, votive candles. You can use the taper candles that you can buy most places. If you want to get more complicated about it and you want to also include an element of keeping negativity away, you can also include black votive candles or black taper candles. Or um, the other popular candles, they're technically called chime candles. They weren't really made for our people. people. No, (laughs) Um, no, they were were made for like uh, menorahs and stuff. But they uh, different colors and and Christmas things. They're about was it four inches long? They're about four inches tall and about a quarter inch or half inch. They're about half half inch inch diameter. Diameter, and they 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 burn out in in a few hours. Yeah. Um, And if you really are if you really need something, but you don't have a lot of time, birthday candles. Use a birthday candle. You know, that's another option too. Um, Where you want you know you don't have a lot of time and space to do something. Um, but you want to do, you know, you can use, you can, right, perfectly fine. You can use birthday candles of various colors. Yeah. yeah. Um, with basic protection magic, especially if you use, if you use a votive candle, you can let it go for a few hours and relight it every night until it's completely done. The same thing holds true with the big, like, ten inch or six inch regular size taper candles yeah. because even a six-inch taper candle will take several hours, a good four hours or more, depending on you know where drafts are in your home. Uh, it'll take at least that long to burn out. Yep. Other types of protections can include using protective stones in corners of your home, creating dry herbs Mm -hmm. that you can incorporate into um, 
Little spell bags? Yeah. Just get a piece of cloth or a bag or something and, and, and put uh, certain herbs in. Um, and you can carry it. You can carry that with you. You can put it in your car, um, hang it from your mirror to protect your, your vehicle and yourself when you're driving. Um, you can also put little pieces of stone, protective stones, in the same bag with the herbs, um, you know, to do that too. And uh, like um, um, holly, rosemary, um, basil, basil are good protective. And these are things that, okay, you can, the, uh, rosemary and basil, you can get to the store. Um, and if you want to be careful and get organic, that's fine. Um, so that, you know, you've, so you don't, that's, that's cool. Um, but you can get a lot of these things at the, at the grocery store. Um, and we're sort of into that, too. It's like, yeah, you can get the fancy herbs and stuff from the, from the stores, from the pay, online stores, and definitely support your pagan wholesalers and your pagan supply stores and, and, and the small businesses and stuff. But if you're in a crunch and you need something, you need some stuff quickly, um, go to your grocery store. And you can get, you know, like I said, dried basil um, or fresh basil or, or rosemary or uh, what other herbs can you use for that? Dill is also good. Yep. Um, cedar is good for protection. So is bay, you know, bay leaves. Bay leaves, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so is elder, like elder flowers. Yeah. Um, so is majorum. Okay. So, yeah, a lot of that stuff you can get at the grocery store. And a good book to get is Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Herbs. Yep. You can find it a number of places. Uh, yeah. If your local magical store carries books, it's likely um, they will carry a Cunningham book. You can get them on Amazon. You can get it at... Um, Barnes & Noble Bar Online. Yeah. Um, um, Llewellyn. Llewellyn, yeah. Publisher, yeah. So that is a good book to have. Uh, Cunningham also has a book on, it's the Encyclopedia of what, Crystals, Gems, and Metal yeah. Magic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, another good Cunningham book. Yeah, it's got basic information about what, what plants or what stones and things are good for what? You know, what their associations are, what their gender association is, the astrological association, the properties they're used for, what they're used for, um, you know, what different ways that they're used for, like, you know, if they're teas for this and that, or you burn it for this purpose, or you use the root for that and the leaf for this. Um, he's got a, it's a really good uh, resource, the Cunningham, uh, Scott Cunningham's books. Um, he did a lot of good, a lot of research and, um, and put, these, put these together. So we, we will always recommend Cunningham's books as, as things to look at. Definitely. Look up and put in your in your library. Yeah. Um, now, if you're talking other, other herbs and um, edible things for protection, garlic is, yeah, you can put garlic, garlic you can set garlic cloves on your windowsill. It might make your house a little bit stinky, though. So... If you want to use, <laughs> you know, if you like garlic, though, that's not stinky. That's right. Yeah. Other things that are protective in nature: cinnamon, cloves, okay. nutmeg, 
as uh, they're also highly protective. Um, the classic resins, some of your classic so, resins. So there's your sweet potato casserole, your pumpkin pie, um, your pumpkin spice things, your holiday spice things. So look, so those are, the, I mean, nutmeg, cinnamon, cloves, ginger. I'm sure is too, right? It is, well, it it is more extent. energetic than yeah. specifically protective. Protective, but so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've got a pretty good protective mix going on in your in your holiday baking for the kitchen witch work. That's true. Yep. Um, so those are some places to start. Cleansing your home is also a good idea, as well as doing the protective work, because cleansing, yes, I mean, not just physically cleaning your house, but magically cleaning your house. One of the easiest ways to do that is with sage. If you're not allergic to it, if you otherwise don't have breathing problems from burning it, if you're going to do any saging or any work with incense of any type, it's a good idea to crack your windows so that you don't set off fire alarms. If you're going to smudge, buy a small smudge. They are, you can buy them yeah. in small or baby sizes like, where. Like three inches or something, like that, two or three inches, three inches, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Not big. And you can cleanse the interior and exterior, if you're able to, of your home that way. You can do a simple, this is a simple wash where you take water, preferably not tap water. You can just get distilled water from the grocery store. Yeah. You know, they sell, sell it by the gallon. Right. Add salt to that. You could also, instead of using salt, you can use essential oils like rosemary and lemon. Mm -hmm. Those have cleansing properties. Yeah. You add a few drops. Put it in a spray bottle, add the water, and shake it up really well, and spray down the entrances of every every place in your home, including openings like windows. Yeah. And then you go around to every room and and spray every room, and that's a good way to cleanse. You could likewise you can also use essential oils that are associated, whose plants are associated with protection for that kind of work. Uh, one thing I typically use for protection is a mix of rosemary, frankincense, pine, you know, pine, pine needles. Yeah. Pine is also protective. Um, rosemary, frankincense, pine, and maybe eucalyptus or something along those lines. Right. Uh, again, you put a few drops in, the Mr. Bottle. Yeah. Top it off with water. You don't need to add a lot of the essential oil. Shake it up really well and then go from room to room and mist right. your house, you know, your rooms with this protective mix of essential oils. Yeah. And you can say something as you go around, um, you know, as you go around the doorways and the door frames and the windows, 
um, and the other openings and stuff, say some sort of chant or thing as you go through to focus the work that you're doing. Don't just, you, don't just walk around and spray stuff, but if you have something to say as you're doing it, um, I protect this home from all negative energy. I protect this home from all negative influences. I, you know, something like just that's it. That's all you got to say. Something mm-hmm. simple. Something simple. Repeat it over and over as you go through, and it focuses what you're doing. It helps you focus on the work you're doing and focus your energy on what you're what you're working on, of protecting your space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry. Oh. See what else? Protecting, grounding, centering, um, shielding, shielding. And if you want to, and if your other concern is protecting others that are not in your space, um, family members or loved ones or something that are doing something that are somewhere where they might be in harm's way or um, in, a, in some place where they might need some extra protection juju, um, you know, that's where you get into, like, lighting candles. Um, you know, we usually, we usually use a white candle for protection. Um, and we'll, a lot of times we'll use a black candle and a white candle together, the white candle for protective purposes and the black to banish any uh, negative or harmful intentions around whoever we're, we're trying to, to have protected. Um, so a little twofold work there, you know, like sit up the shields and repulse the, the negativity. Um, almost the Star Trek reference there, but, you know, that, that sort of idea. Um <laughs> You know, kind of sci-fi-ish, but I mean that's a way, is a way to to envision what you're talking about is is a shield. If you think about like, you know, sh- Star Trek shields, you know, around the Enterprise. Okay, they put the shields to protect themselves from whatever is 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 coming at them, and they have um, a tractor beam that they can use to push things away, as well. So, you know, that that can be used to push things away too. So. That's sort of the idea, too, where you're using – you set up your shield, you set up your protection work with the white candle. Uh, with this candle, I invoke your gods or goddesses or whoever you work with to protect so-and-so as they venture into um, wherever they might be doing, you know, a, a long drive cross-country through bad weather or um, – you know, if they're a first responder or military, or if they're just going into a going into some place where there can be some conflict or something where they where they they might have to deal with, um, just protect them as they as they as they deal with whatever. And then you know, with the black candle, uh, with this candle, um, I call on your go-to deity for for this kind of work um, to to banish any harmful or negative um, um, intentions or energies directed towards them. So it's not only a protection, but a banish it too, and you banish that to 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 uh, to the earth, you know, and, and just to ground whatever it is. 
Um, there's a variety of things you can do with that, and we've, we we can get more detailed and more specific on doing banishings, and that gets into banishings and bindings and that kind of stuff too, which gets a little touchy for some folks about you know doing banishings and bindings because it's you're you're redirecting a person's intentional, usually intentional, harmful energy or intentions, um, where you're redirecting that kind of stuff. So that gets a little more in that gets a little more more of a thing doing that, but it's still protective work. Right. Um, and it's still the work of, of a protector to do that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, not everybody are protectors. Some people are more um, try to find a peaceful resolution and harmony and things, and that's and we need people who do that. And we also need people who are are the protectors. So you know, we we're a, a multi-faceted community of people that that's we have our worths and everybody has their worth and their value. So that sort of a thing. Um, some folks will just do a, a shield. Some will do shielding and banishing. Some will do shielding and banishing and binding. Um, depends on the on the on the nature and the severity of what it is you're dealing with. Right. And some people, as part of their protection work, will just do something simple like, besides lighting the white candle, they may use something along the lines of mirror magic, where they'll set up mirrors on the outside. Uh, like the little little tiny mirrors that you can get any number of different places. Craft stores or something. Craft yeah. stores or whatever. Yeah. Or old mirrors from your compacts or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, set those up around the candle, and then negativity that might be directed bounces back. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't bounce back necessarily towards the person that may have been causing strife in your life, it will just be bounced out to the universe. You can also add things in your uh, in your incantations, in your chants, that will specifically ask to transform this negative negativity into something good. Yeah. To something positive and helpful for Mother Earth. There you go. Um, yeah. So. There's a variety of options. There are a variety of options, and especially if you don't know exactly who it is, it's just the overall situation that is just harmful and stressful and chaotic and anxiety-ridden, then that's a good way doing cleansings, grounding, keeping yourself grounded, keeping yourself shielded is a good general way to help keep all of that at bay. And so that's all the magical stuff, but you have to remember, you've got to follow it up with real-world stuff. Like, and, and I've started doing this. I, if I start to see a lot of stuff in the Facebook feed about whatever and if it's something that's from a more general site, yeah. and I see lots of people posting really, really mean stuff about some of the stuff that just no compassion about, you know, a, var- a particular situation, I click the button. No more Facebook. I'm like, no, that's it. Close I'm done. Or you can also set an option uh, if there's a post that's, if there's a specific post, there's an option you can click on to not show posts like that. 
yeah. um, from that person. If it's from a person that you know that's posting stuff, you can say, I don't want to see stuff like this. And things that are related to that, you will, after a little bit, you got to train Facebook a little bit, but it, it won't show you those things. You might see other things a person posts, but not about that particular thing that you said, I don't want to see stuff like this. Um, so there's ways to train it and stuff, too, like, I don't want to see this. Or just step away. Step away from the computer. Step away from social media and go look at something pretty. Uh, go and, make a cup of tea and, yeah. um, or some hot chocolate because it's cold just about everywhere in the U.S. right now. Yeah. I'm supposed to get out of the 30s in Florida. Supposed to get, oh, yeah, cold. Oh. Um, yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, something. Yeah. And um, since in a couple of weeks we're going to have our friend Byron Ballard on the show, um, go to your local used bookstore or go to see if you can find any deals on Amazon or look up some of your favorite authors and uh, see if you can, um, if they got anything new out that you're interested in reading and support your local or your your regional yep. pagan author and get a good book and read that or watch cartoons or something funny on TV or go hug your cat or dog. Or spouse or something. Oh, yeah. You can hug humans, too. And probably in that order. Hug your your cat, your dog, and if you have one, and then maybe your significant other, unless they're the ones causing the stress. And then, you know, you hug them even more. So Um, remember, this is so, <laughs> sit down, practice, keep yourself nice and calm, and and it is an effort. Mm-hmm. We do have to practice about being mindful of keeping this stuff away from us. And if that also means not talking to some of those people very often, and you just don't talk to some of those people very often. And if you work with people, try to keep your contact at a minimum. If you need to take some things with you, little stones, uh, things that you can that look innocuous but are actually what we like to call woo, mm-hmm. um, at your desk, you yep. can keep a little black stone or a piece of hematite and... If you've got to touch it, hold it in your hand every once in a while at work, then it's a good way to keep your keep, keep you grounded and just yep. help suck that energy. That I, Yeah. Yeah, out. Yeah. I used to keep a, a, a sphere, a hematite sphere on my desk where I used to work at one time. And I would pick it up and hold it sometimes. But then people would walk into my office complaining about something that had happened. Like, Dave, you wouldn't believe what so-and-so just said. And a lot of times, there was this one person in particular who would walk in and he would pick up the sphere and hold it in his hand and talk about whatever stupid thing somebody said or did, and then he'd stop and like, oh, what is this? Am I, what am I holding? I was, I was hematite. What is that? It's a stone. Do you feel better? Like, yeah. Okay. And that was it, you know. And, and but they would there was just there were a couple of people who would walk in and just they would be all stressed and they would just instinctively pick up that hematite sphere and it was about two inches or so across it was heavy they'd pick it up and hold it and you could watch 
and C, it their stress would just drain away. It would just disappear. Whatever they were angst angst about, whatever it was, would just disappear, and they'd be like calm and, and stuff. It it worked. It freaking worked. It was crazy to watch people walk in and pick up that sphere and just de-stress holding that, that stone in their hand. And they had no idea what they were doing. They had no idea what it was or why it was there or anything. But they it, but it worked. Was that undercover woo? It was. I was doing woo on that. <laughs> no, they were, they, the stone was doing, the, the woo stone, was happening. The, the woo, woo was, was happening. happening. The stone was the tool. They were doing their own woo. They just didn't know it. It was funny. <laughs> so I hope this has helped you. And stay tuned next week. Uh, Deborah Rose is going to be on with a guest. And on December 11th, we've got Byron Ballard. We do. Appalachian Witch. And. Just generally a really cool person to listen to. Yes. Um, We got to meet her recently at Hallowed Homecoming's uh, Salon Retreat here in Northern Virginia that we that we put on and produce and uh, spent the weekend with her and she's just all full of all kinds of good knowledge and wisdom so it, it was she's a she's a character to be around and we're really looking forward to having her on the show on the 11th so stay tuned for a very interesting discussion it will probably go after 10 o'clock it's usually talks probably with her. Um, our show is from 9 to 10 Eastern it's already after 10 and it's just us talking we get Byron on um, it could be 10:30 before we're done, so be comfortable and be ready for a discuss- for a talk. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? I think that is it. And again, uh, we'd like to thank Witch School International for allowing us this time to be on the internet radio every week. And we'd also, of course, like to thank Circle Sanctuary for giving us the opportunity to do this broadcast and for all of the other work that they do, which is a ton of stuff. They do, yeah. Circle is doing all kinds of stuff out there. Um, And this is Giving Tuesday, so if you haven't considered already, think of contributing or donating to your favorite nonprofit organization, and we're going to kind of push Circle on that one a little bit because we are Circle. CircleSanctuary.org. Yeah, and... um, uh, Selena posted something out recently on Facebook about Giving Tuesday. But y- y- any others, I mean, Circle, we always are going to promote Circle. But others, too, if there's a group or organization that you feel most inclined to support, feel free. Amnesty International or Red Cross or... Um, any of the eco ones. The eco groups, you know, World Wildlife Fund or the... Uh, Nature uh, Conservancy. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of... Sierra Club. Okay. Um... There's a whole bunch. Yeah. Environmental Defense Fund. Yeah, EDF. Okay. Um, There's shelters and groups that help people who are uh, LGBT that are out there in your local communities, track them down, and, and they can always use some help. There's all kinds of folks to give to. So on this holiday time, Giving Tuesday is as it is today. Take a chance. Take an opportunity. Take some time and kick kick one of these organizations a little bit of greenbacks to, to help them kind of keep going and do what they do. That's yes. a good way to give thanks. There you go. Okay. Circle, which is school. I'd like to thank everybody for listening in live and everybody who downloads this and listens to it later. I uh, really appreciate your um, support. Um, and 
think that's it. I think that's it. All right. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to sign off with our standard tune that we usually sign off with, One Spirit by Spiral Rhythm. And we will talk at you. We will talk at you in two weeks. And Deborah Rose will be on next week. Yes. And stay tuned for Selena's um, program next Tuesday. And um, don't know what it's going to be yet, but it'll be cool. Yeah. Okay. Good night. Good night. One spirit in the dark Like a candle wavers Many spirits joined as one Burned with the power of the blazing sun
listening to Pagans Tonight. Pagans unite on Pagans Tonight. Many paths, one network. For over five years, we've been the place to connect with the best, brightest, and most trusted voices in the pagan world. Every night is Pagans Tonight. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.